Welcome to the podcast. I'm a project manager and software engineer working with blockchain technology. This is a place where I discuss all things related to business, entrepreneurship, and travel from an international perspective, ranging from studying a foreign language to hiring freelancers to building a blockchain company. Each episode features new insights from the leaders I meet, the books I read, and the places I go. So, without further delay, here's today's episode. When last we left off, I was in Malta at a conference, but not telling you about what actually happened in Malta, telling you about what had led up to me being there. You see, I had left my job back last year, the winter of 2017, in order to move into blockchain development. It was a big risk because it was a relatively new industry, a new world of technology, but I saw the promise of it, left it, and obtained work through it. Listen to the last few episodes to hear a bit more about this story. When last we left off, I had put together a video promoting the company that I was working for at the time and am still working for. Its name is Wolf, W-O-O-L-F. In that process, I left off just describing putting together that video, but I was in Malta. And in between, the video was made in London in March. Recorded in London, recorded in the United Kingdom, specifically in Oxford, and it was edited in Germany. But I made the recording from Malta. So, what led to me getting to getting from Germany and going to Malta? Why even be in Malta? Where is Malta? Those are some of the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode, bring you up to speed because a lot has happened since then. I'm recording this podcast nearly two months after I made the previous recording. I'm being a little bit... I'm not putting in best practices when it comes to making these recordings. I'm going to get back... I'm looking to get back to consistency, and ideally that will happen going forward because as of yesterday, the company that I'm working for, we have entered into a new stage of development So I'm going to quickly get into or release a few episodes describing what led up to to that conference in Malta and what's led to today, and then we'll get right back to what's happening right now. So without further ado, Malta, but before Malta, Germany. As you may have heard in the previous episodes, I was in Germany working for a startup. My boss was based in Berlin. My boss was living in Berlin. I went to Berlin in order to work closely alongside of him to make sure that we were quickly interfacing with the development of this platform. It wasn't limited to blockchain development. It included website development. So I put together the website. I put together some of the social media channels. I put together some of the... I I recorded the video, the promotional video, the promotional material, and edited, color graded, put that out as part of our marketing campaign of getting ourselves out there, getting people to understand who we are, that we exist as a company, all of these things. But the primary thing that I was doing once I was finished with that video editing was blockchain development. What's the purpose here? This is a blockchain company, or at least it's, let me rephrase that, it's an education company that is leveraging blockchain technology 
specifically to address a number of the inefficiencies within the managerial and financial aspects of the world of education. Blockchain technology, because of its uh, the, the security, it's a very broad description of it, but because of the security and automation resultant of confidence and security trustlessness is able to, if used programmatically, automate and therefore reduce inefficiencies to make existing structures, processes more efficient. And we're applying that to the world of education. But in order to do that, it needs to be developed. So I spent from that time after putting out the video primarily using the Ethereum network, the Ethereum blockchain world to create programs or applications with that technology. Some of the buzzwords or the key phrases that you may have heard of when it comes to this technology, Ethereum, ETH, or ETH, Ethereum as in the blockchain, Ethereum as in the cryptocurrency, Solidity, Solidity being the programming language that allows you to build decentralized applications or dApps on the Ethereum blockchain that get verified, that operate and become verified on the, the Ethereum blockchain. These are all things associated with this world, with this technology. And that's what I was immersed in. It meant studying it, practicing by taking the things that I read or watched in videos and recreating it myself in code, actually having videos up in front of me and typing on the keyboard the code that corresponded to the video. And that was a very, not a difficult process, but a process that is a bit grueling. Not because it's physically exhausting, but you have to attempt to understand what's going on in the video and what's being explained, all the while typing away, trying to understand how can I do this myself? How can I not just type and recreate what's happening, but how can I actually understand and create? This is perhaps the difference between being able to repeat things, to repeat back what you hear, and instead to be able to create, to synthesize what you have heard and to make something new. There's that tension in, am I learning and now able to repeat back what I've learned or am I learning that way I can make something new from it? And that's what I was attempting to do with what I was learning when it came to blockchain technology. All of this learning, cramming in this information day after day, nonstop, well, relatively nonstop, working every single day of the week in order to create a series of smart contracts, as in small programs that operate with, on top of the, the Ethereum network related to creating a crowd sale for this company. See, one of the things that we need to do before building the actual platform that allows people to connect and be educated 
using this or using or leveraging this technology is we need funding. And so there are a series of steps that we have had to take in order to get funding to perpetuate the, the development of this platform, of this application, of this service. And so before actually building the, the things related to the company itself, the real functionality of what we're trying to achieve, I needed to create a mechanism by which to allow people to participate in a crowd sale. You may have seen these in the news, crowd sales, token sales, uh, crypto sales, buy this token, sometimes referred to as alt tokens, alt coins. That is what we were trying to create. And so I needed to do that on the Ethereum platform. Eventually, through a number of materials online, on YouTube, through the Blockchain Council, and through various other web resources, I was able to create a test version of our own token, our own crypto token that would serve as the utility by which people who are on our platform are able to participate. I was able to create it and created a, to a smart contract or an application, you might think of it as, that would allow people to contribute to our platform by purchasing tokens that we as a platform would be able to use the funds raised, primarily being in the form of Ethereum, that cryptocurrency, exchanging our token for Ethereum, and then using the Ethereum to fund our ongoing development because that can be more, that can either be used to directly fund other developers. For example, when I worked previously at a company called Oyster, I was paid in Ethereum directly which was the result of which was the result of a an initial coin offering or ICO that Oyster had before hiring me they were able to pay developers in Ethereum and I was one of those developers and I was paid accordingly so if we raise money in Ethereum or if we raise pro, uh, funding in Ethereum then that can either be used to pay for more developers or it can be with somewhat ease converted into fiat that we can then use to pay for pay for firms to do some services to pay for freelancers who don't accept ethereum things like that it was all created everything was made and we ended up pivoting we ended up shifting because we created all of these we created this whole system on the ethereum network and we, where we say, we're using this technology, we have everything ready to go, we can launch, we can go public. We had received coverage in Forbes, in NASDAQ, in Der Spiegel, in the Times, and specifically as well, the Times of Higher Education. Um, all, of the, all of these online publications, we, we received coverage in them. And so we had all of these things going for us. We had met with investors in the city of Oxford, that had come to the city to meet with us specifically. They came from Beijing. They came and met with us. They discussed our platform. We discussed the what we were planning on doing. We discussed what we would do with the funding. We discussed numbers. We discussed the platform uh, that we specifically were going to be using Ethereum, potentially moving to another platform later down the line that was more conducive to the to the number of transactions that would be required in order to operate smoothly and efficiently. We discussed all of these things. We had everything built, ready to go. 
and we ended up moving to a different platform. We left Ethereum. But I think I'll save that for another episode because I had spent all of these months leading up to lead, building this platform on Ethereum, ready to go. But we shifted. And this happened after the conference in Malta. So let me finish off with that conference. We were invited, the company itself, Wolf, we were invited to a conference based in Malta that was all about education within, the, within technology, or technology within the world of education. This was a conference put on or organized by a gentleman named Alex Grech from Malta, educated, I believe, in London, who has been, who's worked closely with government officials within, within Malta and has also been involved in the education space and the world of technology to try and find ways that Malta can differentiate itself within the global economy. How can it draw investment? How can it draw, how can, the, how can Malta draw investment? How can Malta draw people? How can Malta draw, drive innovation? As Alex Grech put it, he was wondering, how can Malta punch above its weight class as Malta is very tiny? relatively, one of the smallest nations in the world. In fact, when I say Malta, if you were to think, where is it? Would you have any idea? Could you point it out on a map? If the map was small enough, you might not even be able to see Malta. So that was the, how Alex Grech put it, punching above the weight class. How could Malta do that? And so one, this conference was part of the, one of the ways in which Malta was seeking to, to do that, to differentiate itself. And it was and, uh, the conference was called the Blockchain Credentials and Connected Learning Conference. And it was organized by the Commonwealth Center for Connected Learning. So this, my company, we were invited to go as we were being in the education space. We're related to this world. Credentials, connected learning. When you think credentials, you might think certification, registration, you can even consider diploma, college diploma, college degree as being a credential. And part of the conference was discussing ways in which people can obtain credentials that are outside of the more formal educational structure. So for example, I've obtained something close to, if not over, 200 different certificates through LinkedIn Learning. Formerly lynda.com, now owned by LinkedIn. And the process, the website is linkedin.com slash learning. You can obtain credentials that don't have the authority of the Department of Education or the authority of some educational institution, but they are a credential issued by LinkedIn, now owned by Microsoft, which has all of the weight associated with only its reputation. Now, that doesn't have to be, I mean, that, that might seem like that's not enough. What, what, what kind of rigor does it have? What kind of validation is there? But the reputation is determined by those who go through it and come out of it and go to do things with it. A reputation is built that way. Those who are known or associated with this, who go on to demonstrate that the things that they learned were actually effective in them doing the thing that the training, the certification was apparently meant for them to do, that creates the reputation for this 
platform. Additionally, the Project Management Institute partners with LinkedIn Learning, previously lynda.com, in order to award continuing education credits for those who complete some of these courses if they meet certain requirements or related to leadership. But I was using this mainly for programming. So this conference was, was in many ways, about that very thing, about connected learning credentials and how these can be issued with the confidence of blockchain. But here we are, this company, Wolf, who are talking about doing this very thing, but instead of issuing credentials in general or certificates, we're talking about issuing diplomas, degrees, full degrees, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, potentially doctoral degrees, all with the confidence of blockchain. How do you not only reduce some of the inefficiencies of the educational inst- of educational institu- institutions right now? How do you, how do you reduce, reduce inefficiencies? But how do you also demonstrate the quality of the degree? How do you prevent fraud? How do you demonstrate the authenticity of a document? That is some of the things that blockchain can, the blockchain can t- technology can do as well. And so we were integrated with uh, or interacted with a number of people who were in this space, who were talking about these things. We went to this conference and discussed all of these things, not primarily through the lens of of Ethereum, but blockchain technology ex- itself. How can all of these things solve problems, reduce inefficiencies, and increase trustlessness, increase the the sense of, not just the sense of authenticity, but the the actual authenticity of degrees conferred. That was the conference in Malta. That was the invi- what the invitation was for. I spent about two and a half weeks there going to meet Various, um, various members within the blockchain space, people from the European Union, uh, people from different representative of different countries and different organizations or forums with around the world or especially within the European Union. So in particular in the Netherlands and Estonia are ones that, oh, and Greece that immediately come to mind. That was the conference. I'm going to pause with the conference there, and next episode, we're going to discuss what uh, what happened after the conference, still in Malta. Who are some of the people that I ended up meeting, and why that why that mattered? Because Malta has not only one of the ways that Malta has striven has strived to be more open to innovation, open to business, is modifications to or being very clear in government legislation. So that those companies who would come to the country or do business in the country would have confidence that they are not going to be to be have a burden of legislation to deal with. They can go, they can do business, and without uh, without any kind of uncertainty. I'll discuss that more in the next episode. So stay tuned, and see you then. Thanks for listening. I post articles based on these episodes on Medium, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You're welcome to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, where I steadily post live videos. Please like, comment, and subscribe, and consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes and Google Play. It's quick, and it helps the podcast continue to operate. Check in each week for new episodes. I'm Johan Lilly, and this has been the Consultancy Podcast. Consultancy Podcast.